Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Things are not looking good for the Biden administration. Code red, code red, the president's down. At least that's what Democrats are saying. Or are they fabricating all this? Are they planning their next stage? Has Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while tying his shoe project is under officially underway? <laughs> Man, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. What's up? Welcome into the program. It's a Thursday, the pre-Friday celebration. I know this week seems extremely long. Our first of five-day full-on work week since the holidays with Christmas and with New Year's. So it's hard to get back into the groove. You're ready for a break by now. I totally get it. And we're here to help you ride through that one with the best entertainment you can get on radio. If you don't get any other information out of this program, you can at least maybe get a chuckle or two out of it once in a while. Welcome into the show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do each and every day. Bottom of the hour, we have Robert Spencer on the program. It's been a while since we've chatted with him. He has a new book out, The Sumter Gambit, How the Left is Trying to Foment a Civil War. The Sumter Gambit. Try and say that three times fast. We'll have fun saying that at the bottom of the hour as well. He's also author of his previous book, The History of Jihad. He's also the director of Jihad Watch as well. So we'll talk with Robert coming up at the bottom of the hour, the end of the January 6th committee what it means for D.C., the investigations that are going on right now, and the extreme left-wing policies and progressive agenda coming out of the Democrat Party, which leads right into our big, obviously, topic of the day that we can't not talk about today. What's trending today? So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but obviously it's big, so we need to. I'm sure you've heard it throughout most of the day today, so you're not going to get anything unique or special from me, but I want you to think about things just a little bit differently here. Right now, according to the headlines of MSN.com, a second round of classified documents have been found, and not just in an office space or at a prior place, a location where Joe Biden had before, but in the basement and in the garage of his home. What? Wait a second. What? According to MSN.com, President Joe Biden's legal team has discovered a second set of classified documents from his home as vice president at a storage space in the garage of his home in Wilmington, Delaware. They made the announcement earlier Today, the statement by the special counsel came days after the White House said an earlier batch of documents had been discovered in November in the closet of an office at the University of Pennsylvania think tank that Biden had used after leaving the vice presidency. <laughs> so, University of Pennsylvania, you go. Yes, uh, why not? That's a perfect place. I'm going to be here because he says he's a professor. He, he's going to go teach a bunch of young kids or something, which is scary at all anyways because i you know what as professor i really don't want to hear about your hairy legs and kids climbing on your lap i don't need to hear about it i don't really care i i want nothing to do with it thank you very much i'm not going to learn a whole lot from you joe biden anyways so thanks for trying to be professor but we'll pass i really appreciate that though but while he's there at the university of pennsylvania think tank he stores apparently a bunch of classified documents in the closet of an office there that he was holding. Now, the random one sitting in a box 
in his home. I, and look, there are two ways to approach this issue from some of those that are non-political, that are apolitical, that just don't give a care about politics, but just hate both sides of the aisle. They're going to say, Andy, why are you attacking Joe Biden and not Donald Trump? This just reaffirms the fact that we're sick and tired of politics. We don't like both sides. They're both sleazy. They're both dirty. They're both corrupt. We, don't, we want nothing to do with either side of the aisle. And I get it. I get it. There is a very strong statement for both of those on why both sides are insanely corrupt and why we want nothing to do with the ongoing corruption and shenanigans coming out of Washington, D.C. There is a subtle difference, though, and by subtle, I mean there's a very big difference between the two scenarios because while Donald Trump was president and could declassify anything in an instant like that, I therefore declare these to be unclassified or declassified. That makes the documents that they found in Mar-a-Lago when the FBI raided it with the uh, intent to demonize, with the intent to sabotage, with the intent to destroy Donald Trump. That makes that a little bit less significant. Because while they found quote-unquote classified documents that had classified labeling on them, they were technically declassified when Donald Trump said... These shall now be declassified. See, the presidency, for those that may not be aware, are essentially God over classified documents. They can say, I now declare these to be unclassified and declassified and lowered to the unclassifiable levels. Thou shalt have spoken. We don't need any more. And the president can do that. The vice president, on the other hand, is unable to do that. Now, I get it. I'm sure the vice president is able to take some form of documents home when they're done in office, just like the presidency, to be able to write their memoirs, to be able to do things they want to. But they do not have the power and the ability to declassify them, nor were there any stamps that Barack Obama at the time, the president at that time, had declassified them. So these take things to just a little bit higher level. So are any either of the scenarios proper? Maybe not. But I'm more apt to believe in what Donald Trump's doing because of the fact that he could have declassified them as president as opposed to the vice president with Joe Biden. Again, I'm not saying anything that most listeners right now don't already know, but there is a distinguishable difference between the two for those that are apolitical and are just frustrated with the political system and the corruption that goes on of the rules for thee and not for me mentality that comes out of D.C. Here's the kicker, though, and this is why this is getting a little bit more interesting. The media has been holding up the Mar-a-Lago incident, along with the tax cuts or the Trump's taxes, which wasn't a big shocker. If you notice when they did release them to the public and they released them to the committee, there was like a day, a day, maybe a day and a half of the mainstream media that were talking about Donald Trump's taxes. And then it went away because they're like, oh, yeah, he's not paying all his taxes. Wow. Shocker. Multi-billionaire is not paying all the taxes that he needs to because he found loopholes in the system. What a shocker. That's nothing new. They ran it for about a day or two, and then it was gone, and they don't talk about that anymore, which is surprising, but not surprising all at the same time. But this was going to be the big kahuna, why Donald Trump was not going to be qualified to run for president again in 2024, is that he broke the law. He probably needs to be in jail. We need to have the investigations against Donald Trump with the uh, with the classified documents in his home because he has taken things away from the security of the White House that he should not have done so. He is the evilest criminal ever, ever. And that's what the media had. That was their weight. While they've been trying to scope through his record for years, trying to demonize him and talk about how he was the worst human being to ever set foot in the White House, that was their bread and butter to deter him away from the White House in 2024. Now this is coming out. 
against Joe Biden, the current president, the one that apparently got the most votes out of any president in the entire history of the nation with 80, what, 82 or 84 million votes, which I, I still laugh at when you campaign out of the basement of your house, probably in the same garage that the classified documents were in. That was like probably the setup White House office that he thought that he already pretended he was in the Oval Office and that he was in there getting his steroid shot so he could sit at his desk and look at the classified documents and be like, oh, hey, I'm still doing my job right now. That's where he did his campaign, and he got the most amount of votes out there. I still question that, but nonetheless, I digress. This is taking it to another level here because the media is actually talking about it, and that surprises me. I know it's a big story, but so was the Hunter Biden laptop, and what did they do? They said that that was Russian disinformation, and we couldn't trust it, and anybody that mentioned it on social media everywhere was completely silenced. This one... They're not trying to hide it. They're not trying to make excuses. They're coming out and saying there's a special counsel now that's going to be meeting, according to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, that headline on CNBC, there's a special counsel. There's a special inv- investigation. There's no FBI raid right now, which there probably should be since the classified documents were in the basement of his house but or in his garage. But there has been no raid yet. But the media is talking about it. They're mentioning it. It's the headlines at the top of the hour on radio stations all over the place on what's going on with these investigations. Now, they're trying to play it off as well. He's working with the law enforcement officials. He's working with the investigators. He's working completely with them. He's letting them do whatever needs to be done, unlike Donald Trump, who tried to fight it the entire time. Joe Biden's working closely with them. But that doesn't change anything. That doesn't change the fact that he still had classified documents when he shouldn't have done so as a vice president, not as a president who can declassify them at any time on a whim. He can't do that. And he's in a lot more trouble here. So the media is talking about this, which makes me think there's a new level of Democrats. They have now triggered the next operation in the Democrat ranks, which is the operation Joe Biden fell down the stairs accidentally while tying his shoe project, because now they're ready for him to be transitioned out of office. And the reason I think that is because have you heard Kevin McCarthy lately? Have you heard the Republicans? First off, I have to give a major round of applause to Republicans because you guys have done something that you haven't done in a very long time. So kudos to you. And what I mean by that is that Republicans actually have a PR team right now. I know they have a they have a PR team. They're actually getting out and they're talking about what they're doing. They may only hold one chamber of Congress right now. They hold a half of one of the branches of government. But by golly, they are strong and they are sending out their messaging stronger than I've ever seen before. The entire leadership team of the House of Representatives just went on Sean Hannity just a day ago. We saw Kevin McCarthy earlier today hold a press conference for the media for the first time, and we'll play some of that audio here momentarily. We have uh, the congressmen and women, which if you're listening, and I know you listen because we're friends with a lot of you, I encourage you to continue to do this as Lauren Boebert has done, as Matt Gates has done, as other elected officials have done, to do live streams on your social media, to tweet constantly what you're working on. Don't rely on the media to get your message out there. Do it yourself. Donald Trump was the epic man at doing that. This is what I'm working on. This is what we're doing. This is who I met today. This is what we're doing. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge and bigly, whatever his tweets look like. He was great at bypassing the media completely and telling the people directly what they're working on. Right now, you cannot go on any political website or social media site 
or mainstream media site and not see a Republican out there with a personal live video. You know, this is better than like the Instagram pictures with the fishy lips of all these girls. This is better because these guys are actually out there and saying, hey, Lauren Boebert, a couple days ago, we, our very first vote was a two-page bill, not a 2,000-page bill, but a two-page bill to try and defund the IRS agents of the 87,000 new employees that were that were about to come on. Now, is it going to stop it? Probably not, but it took a stance for Republicans, which is the promises kept, and when you uh, complete more promises, we're going to trust you more to remain in office and get more of you in there come the 2024 election. You guys are doing a PR stunt right now, and it's great because it's about damn time the Republicans got their messaging out there, and I applaud you greatly for that. That has triggered the next level of operations in the Operation Joe Biden Trips Down the Stairs While Tying His Shoe Project because now Joe Biden has lost the dominance in the mainstream media. Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, Lauren Boeber, and Matt Gates all of them, for the most part, relatively conservative, are the ones that are dominating the media far more than Joe Biden, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. They're not making the news right now. The Republicans are letting the American people know what their news is, and Democrats don't have an aggressive voice to counter that right now as the head of the party. And because of that, they're losing momentum. And when they lose momentum, they're like the injured dog, the injured rabid dog in the corner that has no clue what to do, where they start biting out. This is their step to remove Joe Biden, to get a more aggressive voice in there like Kamala Harris, where she can put on her resting you-know-what face and go after McCarthy in a louder voice because they need a louder voice to go after the Republican agenda that's working right now. The plan is in process. It's the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right of his 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. What up? Welcome in. Thanks for hanging out today. As usual, the Republican Party, for the first time in a long time, having a PR campaign, letting people know what's going on. And it's not through the mainstream media. It is partly, but at the same time, man, we're just letting people know ourselves. Going on the live video streams, doing the tweeting, doing the Facebook posts, whatever it is. Hey, this is what we're voting on. Hey, this is what we're doing. Hey, here's the clip of what uh, of us talking about things that are going on in Washington. Democrats are at the loss right now. You know what they're trying to promote the last couple of days? They've presented bills on the House floor to uh, try and focus on hair discrimination. Oh, my dear. Oh, oh I know. <laughs> oh, I know it. Now, what I mean, my hair discrimination, and I saw the clip. I don't think I have the clip, the audio clip today. Uh, there was a Democrat and Jim Jordan that were on the floor debating this, where Jim Jordan said, we already have anti-discrimination laws, so there's already anti-discrimination laws against someone being judged based on their appearance uh, in some way. Why are you wasting our time on this? But they were saying that uh, that it affects individuals of different communities or different diversities because of their hair. Now, look, first off, that's really stupid because you're right. Jim Jordan said it. We already have anti-discrimination laws. We don't need additional laws to put on top of the laws. But that's what they're focused on as Democrats. Second off, who the hell honestly discriminates against someone's hair? Seriously, can we be can we be real here? Now, I realize I have a bit of a unique hairstyle right now. For those that don't watch the video feeds and have not seen me in public lately, uh, yeah, I have a braided mohawk. 
I it's it's a mohawk and I have all the shaved sides except for the top of my head and it's getting real I've never in my life had long hair in my entire life. I have hair that is down to my shoulders now that is all braided for the most part usually right now it's not braided, but uh it's been braided and it's a mohawk. Doesn't it doesn't stand up because it's too long now, but it's a mohawk. And some businesses may not like that because it's unprofessional, which would be cool. Then I would cut that because that's the professionality of that. But at the same time, if someone has maybe, uh, I'm guessing with the uh, way that they try to talk about this, if they have a fro because of that's the way they are because of a minority descent, if they have dreadlocks because of a cultural thing, personally, I don't see the difference in that. Times are changing, and whether you have your hair a certain way, whether you're covered in tattoos, whether whatever the case is, um, there's a level of professionalism that is still there, and you can do it still in a classy way. If you have pictures of naked bodies on your arm that could be exposed, yeah, you know what? That could probably be covered up if you're going to work every day. Use some common sense there, but that's what the Democrats are focusing on. They're not focusing on what the Democrats or the Republicans are, which they say the abuse of government and spending and taxes and the investigations and the committees on China and the committees on Joe Biden and committees and everything. Republicans are like, hey, there's some major issues we're trying to address here. Democrats, oh yeah, we want to put a bill up for hair discrimination. Oh, and we want to name a room in the House of Representatives building after Nancy Pelosi. We want to name a room after Nancy. That's the level the Democrats are at right now, thinking that now things are just going to go back to normal. Business is normal. Waste people's time. Waste people's taxpayers' money. And just say, oh, that's a way you feel very, very, uh, very deeply about this issue, and we need to make sure that we try to promote this. No one gives a crap. Kevin McCarthy held his first uh, press conference today for the mainstream media, and he focused a lot of attention on Joe Biden. We watch what is happening right now with the president of the United States. Not once, but now we're finding in two different locations classified information just out there in the open. It just goes to prove, and, and we're finding out now, after being sworn in, that this was discovered before the election. Another faux pas by the Biden administration, but treating law differently based upon your political beliefs. Treats one President Trump one way, but treats President Biden a whole different way. That's why we had to provide a new entity from our church style to look after the weaponization of what's gone on, that you want an equal playing of the law to all Americans. Another clip where he goes after him even further, we'll play it later on here. The mainstream media focusing of attention on it as well. I'm telling you, the fact they're even talking about it and even holding a special counsel on this, they can't get away from it. Joe Biden is on the way out. Operation Joe Biden tripping down the stairs because he's tying his shoes plan is officially underway. Lots more coming up. Robert Spencer, when we come back, this stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Hey, thanks for hanging out today for a pre-Friday celebration. Multiple stations, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time what we do on the show by the way before we go any further we got some more coming out of washington dc we'll play some more clips of kevin mccarthy from the very first press conference from the house keep up the momentum keep up the pr campaign because it's something we haven't seen from republicans in a very long time before we get into all that and get back to our guest as well i gotta say today 
It almost slipped through my fingers, almost forgot all about it, but we can't allow that to be forgotten. Today is a very special day. For those that you remember, if you've listened to talk radio for a long stint of time, today would have been Rush Limbaugh's birthday, January 12th. So happy birthday to Rush Limbaugh. The rest in peace, my friend. The great in radio. The year that he went national in 1988 was the year that I was born. I think there's some symbolism or something there, some kind of energetic connection. I remember in high school listening to Rush Limbaugh, and I would literally go during my lunch break in high school, would go to my car and listen to Rush Limbaugh during my lunch before I'd have to get back to class. Uh, Happy birthday, Rush. We love you. We miss you to death on the airwaves, and no one will be able to fill the shoes that you did all the way back when. Let's get into our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today? With all the changes going on in Washington, D.C., can we push back some of the crazy radical left-wing agenda in Washington, D.C.? The Democrats, they're proposing really ridiculous, stupid bills, thinking that we're just getting back to the same old, same old grunge in the House. Uh, You know, they're proposing bills on hair discrimination or trying to name a room or a chamber or whatever after Nancy Pelosi, Uh, just thinking that they're doing important business. And uh, at the same time, the Democrats on the Senate side really driving home their socialist agenda, trying to expand some of these taxes, expanding the spending, expanding some of the government projects, expanding the universal basic, I mean, child tax credit that <laughs> that they've tried to do in the nation. Are we able to push, push them back? And what in the world are they trying to do here in the nation with not only their agenda, but how they're demonizing the right side of the aisle. Excited to have back on the program. It's been a while since we've had him on. He is the author of the new book, The Sumter Gambit, How the Left is Trying to Foment a Civil War. Back on the program with us here, Mr. Robert Spencer. Robert, how are you, my friend? Just great, Andy. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's great to have you back on the show here. Your thoughts, we've gone through a first week of Congress now after our fun four-day fiasco of getting a Speaker of the House that was uh, to me, entertaining, and I thought a great civics lesson for those that may not be as familiarized with how D.C. actually works. I, For the first time, I saw real debate on the House floor, real emotion on the House floor. Now we have a unified Republican Party, at least for the first week of voting. We have Democrats squirming under Republican leadership. What's your thoughts going into 2023 here? I think that it was remarkable because of the fact that the Democrats held up for ridicule the fact that the Republicans were having so much controversy trying to pick a speaker. In other words, healthy give and take, robust disagreement, it's so foreign to them now that they thought, oh, this is a big joke, when actually that is the cornerstone of a healthy republic, Mm -hmm. that you have people who disagree, who are able to fight out their disagreements peacefully and come to some compromise, make a deal. On the other side of the aisle, you have... (coughs) Excuse me. On the other side of the aisle, you have the Democrats marching in absolute lockstep. That's what happens in authoritarian regimes. Yeah. That's not the sign of a healthy republic. And so I think that was the primary lesson that was overlooked about the whole controversy. That is very true. Uh, for the first time, Democrats, and I, th- I think the Democrats have started to break a little bit. If you remember back in the uh, 2016 presidential election, I, I never saw Democrats on the debate stage running for president then go after each other so much. We had Kamala Harris calling Joe Biden a racist. We had Tulsi Gabbard calling out uh, Kamala Harris for being corrupt attorney general in California. It was fun to watch. Do you think the Democrat ranks are starting to crumble right now? I sure hope so. That would be a healthy thing. But when you say that, I'm reminded also that Tulsi left the Democrat Party Mm. precisely because there was no place for somebody of her point of view within it. And so 
I certainly hope that they will crack, that they will open up, that they will recall the importance of free debate, free expression. But right now, it seems to me they're tending in a real authoritarian direction with Joe Biden's administration trying to, uh, well, actually succeeding in getting Twitter to ban people who were saying things that they didn't like, uh, in forming the Disinformation Governance Board. They had to back down on that. But it's not as if they suddenly loved the freedom of speech. They just backed down because there was a public outcry and they didn't want to pay the price. Well, that's true. And it's still working behind the scenes, even though it may not be public right now. And they've still been trying to implement that in different ways as well. Uh, Working to try and divide the divide and conquer mentality that the progressives are oh so good at with identity politics. you got to be a certain skin color, certain religion, certain gender, certain gender identification, certain sexual orientation. Uh, That has been the grand focus. Is that going to lead to what you're concerned about here, a, a potential civil war in this nation? Is that what's going to cause it, or what do you think is going to be the tipping point here? Well, I think that the, so right now, that is, if not the tipping point, it's certainly a big tipping point, a big point where people are waking up and saying, wait a minute, this is not just a uh, progressive versus conservative controversy, this is something bigger. And so we've had the uh, people, parents protesting at school board meetings, and then quite ominously, the Biden Justice Department saying that they are terrorists and getting the FBI to start to investigate them just for dissenting from the LGBTQ agenda being pushed on their children in primary schools and so on. And so that does seem to be a big flashpoint, and I think that's altogether justified. Uh, Parents don't want to see their children indoctrinated and taken away from them, and that is what this culture right now seems to be making a concerted effort to do. Yeah, that's very true. I know, as we've talked about with these different ideologies, Mm -hmm. these different divisions, the agenda, but as a whole, what is the Sumter Gambit, or is it all of this just kind of meshed into one big ideological plan? Well, yeah, it, it is that. But the, uh, the short answer is that, of course, Fort Sumter is where the Civil War started in 1861. And right now, the left is trying to provoke an incident where a new Civil War will begin. And they are doing that in one major way by demonizing, as you noted in the beginning, by demonizing the right and claiming that we are insurrectionists outside the realm of what is acceptable public discourse altogether. And that is something that's never happened before in American history. But Joe Biden, in his speech on September 1st, 2022, he said Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent a threat to the very life of the republic. Never more, never before had a, an American president said that his primary opponent and his legitimate loyal opposition was out of bounds, was not not uh, within the realm of what was acceptable. So what's next? That we be silenced, we be criminalized, we be jailed, who knows what. But it's not the way somebody who believes, actually believes in a genuine functioning republic would talk. Yeah, it was a very strange speech when he made that, what, about six, eight months ago when he came out, and I'll never forget, I don't think most people will forget it, when he comes out and it's dark and he's got the red lights behind him and it looks very creepy and authoritarian-esque and he talks about his political opponent 
being domestic terrorists and the most uh, extreme political organization and radical organization in American history. It was a very frightening speech. While he says that they are the election deniers and now they go after the classified documents and all the lies and quote-unquote of the fraud that Donald Trump has committed, but now we have the classified documents, two sets of them now, under the Biden administration that have been found when he was vice president. Uh, do you think they're going to retract any of this stuff, or how is this going to pan out? Well, I think it's very interesting that it's all coming out now. It's not like they're just suddenly, coincidentally discovering <laughs> that Joe's been hiding secret documents. Uh, clearly, the, somebody's made a decision. Whoever's running things in this administration has made a decision that they're done with Joe. And so they're setting him up now for a fall, whether he will be made to resign, whether he will be actually prosecuted, unclear as at this point. But clearly somebody has decided he's not going to be the candidate in 2024 at very least, and they've started to clear the deck. I'm telling you, we just right before you came on the program, we talked about how Operation Joe Biden accidentally falling down the stairs while trying to tie his shoes plan is underway because uh, the Republicans have so much momentum in the media right now with what they're doing within the mainstream and outside of the mainstream with people just doing live streams and tweeting about what bills they're working on pushing, even only owning half of one branch of government right now. The Democrats are looking for a more aggressive voice, and Joe Biden's not it. And you're right. Maybe they've been holding on to these for a while until they find the right moment to work on that transition and get someone like a Kamala Harris in office to start countering what the Republicans are doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Kamala Harris, of course, you know, she's not the answer to their problems. She's got her own set of troubles. And uh, the only thing is, is that they're stuck with her. And uh, they have to deal with her to, if they get Joe out of the way. But probably they're looking for a third alternative in 2024, whether it's Gavin Newsom or somebody else. I don't think it's going to be either Biden or Harris. Mm, that's going to be interesting. Robert, we got to take a hard break in just a minute. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Awesome. Yeah, sure. uh, awesome. I love it. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation on uh, what they're doing, but also how we move forward. And do we have some optimism going uh, going into this new year? I know right now the latest polls show that Congress, although still has the lowest approval rating out of any branch of government sitting in the high 20s or low 30s and saying that the vast majority of Americans do not feel that Congress is going to actually address the major issues of the nation and actually fix anything, which leads us to believe are they looking to change Congress and believe and trust in the Republicans when they do something? Or is it a good sign because we're going to take matters into our own hands and actually deal with it ourselves at the local level, which most conservatives say, yeah, get government the hell out of my life and let me do it on my own as well. So we'll do that when we come back here with Robert Spencer. It is the Sumter Gambit, How the Left is Trying to Foment a Civil War is his latest book. You can find it on Amazon, also conservativereaders.com. You can check out uh, that as well. When we come back, we'll continue more with Robert on what 2023 may look like in the division coming from the left side of the aisle. Back after this here on The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a pre-Friday celebration. Got a few minutes left here on the show for Rush Limbaugh's birthday, January 12th. Can you believe it, man? 
Alrighty, the year's flying right on by, 12 days into the 2023. Are you ready for it? It's only going to get faster as we move along here. We're hanging out with Robert Spencer today, the Sumter Gambit. Go and check it out today, uh, wherever you can find books on Amazon, conservativereaders.com as well. And you can see his book. You can also see his other books as well, The History of Jihad. We've chatted about that one earlier as well. Robert, let's talk about 2023. As I, I'm always the eternal optimist. I always love seeing the bright side and, and the at least hopeful potential that people are going to wake up. When Democrats promote their policies, it becomes extremely unpopular in the national polls whenever they try to ram something through, which they don't care because people will forget about it and we have short-term memory in politics. But at least at the time, for the most part, it's unpopular to implement their socialist agenda and the hate rhetoric that they have and when they do promote it, people say they're angry with it, and they start waking up and moving to the Republican side. As we continue on with this division, this identity politics, and the the divide-and-conquer mentality, do you think enough people are going to wake up and say, you know, maybe this is a little ridiculous. We don't need to go to the 14th gender in order to identify myself, to say that anybody that doesn't see me as that is the most horrible person on the face of the earth. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the pushback has already begun that people are disgusted with what they're seeing, that they don't want to have to be forced all the time to say that what's uh, obvious reality is not only wrong but offensive to enunciate. They're tired of it. And I, I, am, I share your optimism in that regard, that think this, this whole thing could break wide open at any time. Mm-hmm. I really think so. Uh, do you think that we have already <clears throat> been in a silent civil war for a few years now? Yeah, absolutely. And it's one that's been waged without conservatives and patriots even realizing it. But Mm. the left is trying. You know, Obama told us, actually, and then Biden told us again. They both said they were going to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And I think a lot of people thought, well, that's just high-minded rhetoric. That doesn't have any substance to it. But it did. What they really wanted to do and what they still want to do was transform the United States into an authoritarian socialist state, and they're still at it. But as you noted, more and more people are waking up all the time. It's not at all clear they're going to get away with it. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, As we go into 2023 and the priorities for Republicans, Republicans are always really good at talking about economic issues. Taxes are too high. The IRS is too big. The audits are too crazy. The attack on corporations, the attack on the middle class. We're really good at attacking on economic issues, but a lot of times it's hard to build an emotional attachment to an economic issue because we like to rattle off a lot of numbers. In your opinion, if you could have the ear of the Republican leadership, the RNC and Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell going into this year, what should Republicans focus on? Should it be the economic issues to make sure we don't have an economic collapse, which is what I think they're really trying to push us for? Or do you think they should focus more on these social issues? Very much the social issues. You can't move people with a cold thing like economics. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, People are galvanized by things like this nonsense with the drag queens in the primary schools and the way that the left is trying to remake the culture. And also with, uh, about the administration's authoritarianism and efforts to destroy the freedom of speech and make only one side of able to be enunciated publicly in the United States. These are the things that get people excited. These are what the Republicans ought to be talking about, and they're precisely the things that they don't dare touch. 
That is true. Last uh, question for you is we got just about a minute left here, but uh, talking about those social issues, can they win over the young generation, the ones that are being taught about the multiple genders or sexual orientation stuff, the ones that are a little bit more libertarian or liberal on a lot of social issues? That's going to be the future. And if Republicans are going to continue on, they have to win over that crowd. Do you think they can do it? Yes, I had to say that with 100 percent confidence. And this is because I have spoken personally to many people, teenagers, people in their 20s. They were raised with all this. They grew up with this being pushed on them in the schools, and they're thoroughly disgusted with it. And they're just ordinary kids. They weren't raised in some kind of uh, markedly conservative (laughs) household. But they've had enough. They, They understand just by looking out at the world that this is not the way the world ought to be. They look at my generation as the millennials and are like, wow, you guys are crazy. Maybe we're bringing the sanity back to them because they see how far stretched we've gone in my generation. And uh, they're going to bring some of that sanity back to us in the future, which would be really, really nice. And I think that's desperately needed. It's Robert Spencer, The Sumter Gambit, How the Left is Trying to Foment a Civil War. Go and check out the book. Robert, it's great to talk to you again, my friend. Happy New Year. we got to do it again soon. Absolutely. Call me anytime, Andy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Always good to talk with you. All right, that does it for us today. Back at it tomorrow for the final day of the week. Trying to get you over the hall into the weekend. Don't worry, we're here for you. Lots more coming up. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.